these guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's Flagrant Howls. And welcome in to the Anthony Edwards Team USA, uh, I was going to say celebration episode of Flagrant Howls here. Because our guy is now in the starting lineup, at least in the, the games against the, is it the select team? Is that what we're calling it? The Nas Reeds, the fighting Nas Reeds? The fighting, I think uh, we're doing this on a Wednesday, last Friday, Team USA scrimmage, kind of against their JV team. Mm-hmm. Um, really good players on it still, but obviously it's just a lesser lesser team. I think the select team swept them last Friday at their scrimmage in Vegas. Uh, they had started Cam Johnson at that fifth spot, good player. Uh, slight Timberwolves connections back to the Jerk Culver deal and who the Wolves could have had or whatever. Uh, and then Saturday, Steve Kerr woke up in Vegas, hung over from losing. And like any of us, I was like, you know what? I need to make a change in my life. And he put Anthony Edwards in the starting lineup. And then they scrimmaged on Monday. And basically the team has looked completely different ever since. Uh, and as much as, you know, Judd, and I'm with Judd on some of the stuff, like you don't want to see these guys playing international. You don't want them to get hurt. They're not getting paid by these teams, blah, 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 blah. Then I watch the redeem team stuff again. It's just like, you know what? If Anthony Edwards becomes the player we think he's going to become, this is a really crucial step for him because this is agreed the most important basketball he's ever played. He didn't play in March Madness because of COVID. He didn't have summer league, you know, like, yes, he's been in a couple of playoff series, but this is it. And if he's going to become the next Dwayne Wade, those guys, if you watch the redeem team, like they, they cut their teeth a little bit here playing for their country. So uh, it was cool. It was cool to watch him on Monday. He was blocking shots. He was putting you know passes behind his back in transition. Um, he's their best player. He has their highest ceiling. So it's been cool to watch you know kind of Captain Ant America grow uh, in front of the national eyes because local eyes know how good he is. Yeah, dude. I think you uh, you hit on a point that so Judd and I have kind of argued about this. I think I've convinced him a little bit to be on my side. I understand when he goes on these rants, you know, every summer he doesn't even like the Olympics, like not even forget about like Minnesota players playing. He just like, doesn't like international competition because he doesn't see the point. I'm not quite that far, but I do understand, especially when players get older. Like I don't want Rudy Gobert playing internationally anymore. Although he is sinking three pointers now. So he just lost his virginity is what he he is. His first ever like professional or high level competition made three, right? Yeah. And he, and you know, no, I started to interrupt you. Like he, no, he's you're... doing it because I think what is it? Paris has the Olympics next year, so for him it's still a big thing. But you could have just been around the team and been like a, a figurehead. You didn't have to play, especially when we you have said Rudy Gobert that you were not that good last year because you played extra summer Euro basketball. Right. So I'm with you on that. But anyway, well, so I, but but with guys like Anthony Edwards, when you're you know 21, 22, 24 years old it's less about preserving your body for the last two or three years of your career. Like the injury risk is not nearly what it is for a seven footer. Who's 30 years old or whatever, 31 years old. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not as concerned about him now. Could you get hurt? You know, knock on wood. Hopefully that doesn't, that doesn't happen, but you could get hurt doing a lot of different things. I think the experience you gain being around the Steve Kerr's and some of them, I mean, look at the coaching staff, right? Eric Spolstra, Ty Lu, like, yes, dude, you're literally around like hall of fame caliber coaches who have molded championship teams and who have molded MVP winners and whatnot. Him being around those coaches, being around some of the other hungry top young players and then playing international competition. And Kevin Garnett has even said like, dude, KG is like on an Anthony Edwards, (laughs) 
like PR campaign. He's on social media saying, I see the grind. Like, I know what the grind looks like. I see what he's doing with the grind. Did I see also that Anthony Edwards passed up on going out with some teammates the other night so we could, like, get to the gym at midnight? So, I don't know. Some of this might be folklore, but it's it's much more of a net positive for a player like Edwards at his age to be doing this than it is for older players who are, like, you know, at the back end of their prime. So, I'm all for this, even if there is some sort of fatigue or injury risk. Yeah, and... some of it's too is just this isn't the United States A team by any chance. Like obviously there's a lot of guys that have just kind of passed up this opportunity. Maybe they'll be on the Olympic team a year from now, but uh they still have a lot of young guys. And for Ant to just also again, I keep going back to the redeem team stuff, like seeing certain players get into the gym really early and how the other guys were like, wait a second, like I want to do that. Um, and you know, the the one thing that I think has been pushed back to the Juds of the world or me too, who are sometimes against playing in these things that aren't tied to the team that, you know, contracts you and pays you is that uh, these guys are going to be playing hoops no matter what in August and September, they're all going to be ramping up their in their off season trainings and stuff. And I'd probably rather have ant with team USA's medical staff than, you know, just playing pickup games in Atlanta or Miami um, yeah. where guys get injured too. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was a really cool opportunity. I mean, he, you watched that game on, on Monday, it was a scrimmage against Puerto Rico and, they had some lumps. They're still figuring out each other. They've only been playing for a couple of days, I think. Uh, but that, I think it was the third quarter when he scored 12 points in the third. Or he, he just, he is their best player in the sense of Brandon Ingram's really good. Jaron Jackson Jr. is probably their best overall player right now. But Ant's ceiling when he gets it going, um, he's physical. And that's what basketball internationally is all about. Uh, he's just, he's tough to defend. And I just keep going back to the the Hallmark card that I always say of, if this kid really does become as special as we think, like this is just another one of those chapters, right? It's like him playing international, him kind of everyone in Minnesota knows Anthony Edwards. Everyone probably in the league knows him, but I don't know internationally. I don't know globally if people are aware of this kid and his personality. And we're a couple of weeks away from everyone knowing who he is. And that's, yes. that's great for him and for the organization. Dude, the, I'm just kind of doing a little bit more digging on the 08 redeem team while we're having mm-hmm. this conversation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Mike Krzyzewski was the coach. Then you had Mike D'Antoni, Nate McMillan, Jim Beheim. I would say that this, it's funny because this World Cup coaching staff actually is probably more prestigious than the guys I just listed. And there's Hall of Famers in that group. 100%. But, dude, when you look at, and again, it's Olympics versus World Cup. It's it's different. And those guys were trying to, like, you know, reclaim the, the legacy that was USA basketball around the country after the 04 embarrassment. But some of the key players and what they went on to do the next couple years after that experience. So Dwayne Wade comes back. He wins his first scoring title in 2008, 2009. He jumps from 25 points a game to 30 points a game and becomes, and this was year six for him in the NBA, but just becomes the best scorer in the NBA the next season. Kobe Bryant, wins back-to-back NBA championships coming off of the Redeem team stretch, right? And they, well, Pau Gasol was a huge part of that. And then Chris Bosh and LeBron James, a year later, wind up joining forces to start a dynasty in Miami. Like, and some of this is, some of this probably happens with or without the Redeem team experience, but it can be a huge springboard into the next phase of your career. And it kind of feels like, Anthony Edwards is standing there. He's ready. He understands the work that needs to go into it. He understands what success in the playoffs can look like 
He certainly had individual success. So I think there's a good chance it does serve as a springboard, and it'll be fun to to watch if it happens. You brought up a really good point. There's a as as Ant grows, and we all want him to be all you know multiple multi time All Stars. We want him to make All NBA. We want him to win a title. Um, he is. I mean, it's it is cool when you think about this from like I guess a score north perspective, but like. To have Anthony Edwards and Justin Jefferson in the same city uh, is pretty yeah. cool if you're a Minnesota sports fan. Uh, but the things we want from Ant, and I've always said this, like are going to come with more, you know, the more, what is the Batman saying, whatever, about responsibilities. Uh, you're seeing there's a video out there of Ant putting his hands around Spoh's shoulders and the Miami fan base is already getting ready to recruit him and bring him over. You know, like that's kind of the downside of some of this. But on the other side, I've heard like Ant and like Jalen Brunson have become pretty tight. Uh, so it's a double-edged sword, but also the, the Knicks are going to recruit him too, huh? But I'm oh, just okay. like, but on the same side, it's like, you know, if Ant continues to find success in the mar- only market he's ever known and he, you know, loves ownership and he loves his coach and he loves his front office. Uh, Anthony Edwards is absolutely the type of player that recruits people like that. You just yeah. want to play with, you want to play with his energy. You want to play with his personality uh, so I think it's also big too, that if things go right and all the little dominoes line up in favor of the Timberwolves, which has never happened, but if it does, uh, maybe this is the springboard too, to have those relationships, you know, Tyrese Halliburton starting point guard, Minnesota Timberwolves 2026. Wow. Let's make it happen. Dude. Another guy that I forgot about on the redeem team, 2008 was Dwight Howard. So Dwight yeah. was going into his fifth year in the NBA, 23 years old. And he had kind of emerged as a, like a 21 points. 14 rebounds, led the league in rebounding, but they had not had really any playoff success. So the next year, or they might have, I guess they might have gone to the conference finals and got beat in, in 08. But the the next year after the Redeem team experience for him, they go to the NBA finals. It wasn't like a, maybe like a game six even of the NBA finals. Uh, and they, they wound up losing to Kobe and the Lakers. But I was at that. that. Was, that was, my dad took me to one of those games in Orlando. Okay. It was the first uh, one of the first dates we brought my wife on with. But uh, yeah, sorry to interrupt, guys. That was a flashback too. I was in Orlando. We were sitting. My dad saved up a bunch of money. We got really good, like pseudo courtside seats. I just remember Lil Wayne and forty of his friends walked in front of us, (laughs) and they smelled like things I wasn't really aware of at the time, um, which now I'm more aware of. But it was yeah, that that was an awesome series too. That was like the Rashad Lewis, Hito Turkoglu. That Lakers right. team was loaded, but uh, yeah, I, I actually forgot Dwight Howard was on that team until I watched their Dean team doc. Yeah, so and there's probably a couple other ones too that we could go through, but uh, that's a good segue into we haven't done Kyle and Phil read the comments in a while, so let's dive into we've got a combination of things from the feedback tab in the Score North app and the YouTube comment section, Score North YouTube channel. Cool. And Jake Carlson asks one that fits right in with what we're kind of discussing here. He goes, I feel like we're on the verge of Anthony Edwards having a 2006 Dwayne Wade playoff run. Would like your thoughts on this. Knock on wood. So that was the first championship in Miami Heat history. This was before the Redeem team, by the way. But this is when Shaq came over. And uh, it was Dwayne Wade's age 24 season, his third year in the NBA. And they wind up going to the NBA Finals and... He was he was regarded as a good young player going into that season, but those playoffs, if I remember correctly, unstoppable, right? He just right. he he was he became a fully realized version of this future Hall of Fame player in that playoff run. And 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 he became the unquestioned, you know, one of the best players on a championship team type of a guy. 
What do you make of that? The, the, the Dwayne Wade and Anthony Edwards comparisons started with Dwayne Wade making the comparison himself, right, a couple of years ago. Do you, do you think that's in the realm of possibilities that the Timberwolves led by a monster Anthony Edwards could actually make a championship? Because when I hear this question, I think, oh, that's a championship run. An 06 Wade run isn't like, oh, they got to the second round. That, that would be a championship run. Is that within the realm of possible outcomes for you this season? The only reason it wouldn't be in the realm of possibilities for people listening to this that have so much built up scar tissue and cynicism about this team and this organization is just that it's the Timberwolves, right? And my thing has always been when it's been kind of tongue in cheek or sappy or actually meaningful. It's like, I really do think this kid saved the franchise. Uh, I was, we'll get into another topic in a little bit, but I was just looking at the record by year and what happened after the Garnett stuff. And it was just like, after he was traded to Boston, it was so lean that not only was the team terrible, you just didn't really have someone like Kevin Love was really great and a really great bridge player and, and Ricky Rubio, but you never had that one guy that really had it all. Like you knew Kevin Love was going to be really, really good, but he didn't have that. He didn't have this moxie. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, nothing's, nothing's guaranteed, but the way you start to see older players talk about Ant, I think Paul George said some stuff the other day on his podcast, like, the Bruce Brown stuff about how the Wolves faced off against the Lakers and how good Ant was. Austin Rivers is always complimentary. Pat Bev, like, this is as good of a, this is why I keep saying, like, tune in, right? Like, this is as good of a chance as this team has to actually do something special since Garnett left because this kid is, he is, he has the ability to do Dwayne Wade stuff. And if he was playing in any other team that didn't have the scar tissue and the history of kind of being a dumpster, uh, I think people would embrace that even more, but everyone's cautiously, you know, protecting themselves from him letting us down or him getting injured. But he even said something in a, in a post scrimmage interview during team USA over the weekend, where he was just like, I don't really care who they put out there. What happens if I start, I just want to play basketball. Mm-hmm. And as critical as I've been of like the lead up to his draft and how some people took some shots at him. It's really true. That like maybe he didn't love the game as much as an 18 year old as he does at 21, which is, I didn't love it. You know, you love things differently at 18 than you do at 21, but he seems like he is a grinder now. And that's just another Dwayne Wade, LeBron James kind of superstar mentality is that kid just, he lives in the gym. He lives in the gym. He's not going to the, I think it was a young Jeezy concert in Vegas. He's just, I'd rather be at UNLV 630 in the morning, just getting shots up. So I, yeah. I do believe that this is, do I think they're going to make a championship run this next year? I don't know. Cause the rest of the roster might, leave a little to be, you know, or maybe they need another year of seasoning, but I do come back to this is the most important basketball the kid has ever played in his whole life. And that's only a good thing. Yeah. I think just back to the 06 Dwayne Wade thing to kind of put a bow on that. I think you need, there needs to be like another step before you get to the championship step. And I also, you kind of made this point. I'm, I'm also mindful that there's a certain chunk of people that are going to listen to conversations like this and just laugh that we're even yep considering that the Timberwolves could make a championship run at any point in our lifetimes, but nobody was laughing when the Timberwolves had Kevin Garnett 20 years ago. And then they added Sprewell and Cassell. I didn't hear anyone laughing in 2003, 2004 when we were talking in January, February before podcasts existed and YouTube and the things that we're, you know, doing now, like it wasn't laughable when you had the best player in the NBA and a, and a couple really good sidekicks and a good coach and, you're winning 50 games in the regular season, but you, but to me, you need to take that 50 win step first. So like the heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, so their first year with Dwayne Wade, they were competitive 42 and 40. 
And the Wolves have been competitive the last couple of years with Anthony Edwards, like above 500. But then they took the step in 2004, 2005 of winning 59 games in the regular season. And, and Dwayne Wade was their best player. Okay, we got a new young star. We're a 59-win regular season team. And we got to get punched in the face in the playoffs because that's kind of how it works in the NBA. They, uh, they get beat in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then the next year, they took a step back in the regular season to 52 wins. But that was the year. And by the way, another twist there. They fired Stan Van Gundy after a 500 start through 20 games. And then Pat Riley came in and they were 41 and 20. So like is we were, Hey, we're Chris Finch fans on this show. He's welcome. Anytime is Chris Finch, the guy to be the coach when they went, you know, if they go to a championship series, that's still to be determined. But I, I I don't think it's within the realm of possibilities this year, but I do think within a three year window, if he turns out to be Anthony Edwards, what Dwayne Wade was 15 years ago, then, you know, clear room in your realm of possibilities for the Wolves to be flirting with the NBA finals. Yes. And and the thing that excites me about this year, I was talking to Dan about this today. Like last year was just so much, so much expectations. Just like you make this big trade, but we all kind of knew at the moment, like, wow, that's a pretty steep price to pay. And then Carl doesn't get to play in training and just all these things that don't work out. And it was just a year from hell for everyone from yeah. the organization to the fans. Uh, this year, it's just, you have an opportunity to again, kind of elevate yourself again in the hierarchy of, not just the Western conference, but just respect, right? Like you and I were trying to get 50 as nifty as going last year. I, I would imagine that's my expectation for them this year is yeah. to win 50 games and clean up a lot of that stuff that is part of the culture, part of that heat culture, even back in 06 or whatever. It's like, stop blowing, you know, a lead leaguing amount of leads to bad teams, right? Like, yes. stop, uh, if you just beat the Lakers in that fourth quarter of that playing game or whatever, and you get to play the Grizzlies or whatever, like, does that change? Like clean up that little stuff, be more professional, take things seriously. You're, you still actually haven't done anything when it comes to the ledger of being successful in the NBA. Uh, and I think it does, even though all these guys are spread out and the wolves lead the league right now and players playing for FIBA. Um, it does come back to ant playing in this stuff. Carl, maybe playing in that stuff. Kyle, like these guys getting real, real reps of important basketball rather than just playing pickup and, and translating that into the, training camp in the preseason and stuff. So exciting stuff. What, what's your other uh, Timberwolf in an international setting that you're interested in watching? Kyle Anderson, China, Luka Garza. Bo- what is it oh, for Luka? I think it's Bosnia. Bosnia? I, 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 I actually like uh, to shout out Dane again, but Dane Morris posted a couple of videos. Some other people have too of like Rudy playing in France. The French team gets Rudy better than any of the Timberwolves do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's kind of like this hockey assist mentality of like, maybe you make a pass to make a pass to Rudy. So I like, I still like watching. I want to see physically, how does Rudy look? Yeah. Um, does he look a little more spry? Does he look a little more like himself? Again, the threes are nice and good August content. Do I think he's going to take a bunch this, this season? No, but hell man, if he can hit like 20, which I mean, again, like actually that's a high number since he's never made one, but if he could hit like 10 or just have, it not be an embarrassing air ball. That would be nice. I also do kind of want to watch Nikhil. Uh, I think he got buried in just the Nas Reed news this yeah. summer and, and shake Milton and all that stuff. Like he has a big role in my opinion. He was the only one of those guys, Nikhil shake and Troy Brown jr. Who is signed for two full years. It's not a player option. So they believe in him. He believes in this organization and uh, that Canada team. I think they might be playing Germany today, but 
they're they're loaded. They got a lot of guys. You're like, oh, RJ Barrett. I know him. Like Nikhil. Uh, just a list of guys. Are like, oh, those are NBA players. So maybe seeing him guard Ant would be awesome if if the Battle of North America takes place down the road. <laughs> uh, do you buy that in other Wolves news that Jaden McDaniels has grown an inch or two and is now potentially six foot eleven? Johnny Krasinski was tweeting about this the other day. Yeah, there's a tweet from John on August 7th. Summer buzz hearing that Jaden McDaniels is measuring at six foot eleven at his latest workouts, 22 <laughs> years old and still growing. He's seven I had foot a quote, four now. It's crazy. I had a quote that was like, I am still growing after reading this, but I felt like that would be inappropriate, so I deleted that one. But uh that would be incredible, <laughs> right? Like that would be um just I mean, what he's not he's never gonna play center or anything crazy like that, but I can't imagine it's bad for how much we talk about Wemby and just being a seven foot four unicorn, being taller than Rudy Gobert, um, but not being a center. Like physically, he just wants to play on the perimeter. Uh, that's Jaden, right? Like he's never going to be seven foot four. But if if the best defender on the team that also can protect the rim and create for his own just is not six nine and instead of six eleven, then it's like the Durant comps kind of float back in my brain. And that's so scary because Durant is one of the best players to ever play. And Jaden has 30 miles to go before he gets to that point. But that would be incredible. That would really be incredible. And it's just another kind of feather in the hat of not that Tim Conley acquired him or drafted him, but in keeping him and just leaning into size, right? Like size matters is going to be this team's motto moving forward because they're going to have a bunch of dudes that, are six 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 seven six eight that can switch and defend and it's and create on offense. Yeah, it's kind of funny. They've I saw a graphic that they've they're paying like whatever it is ninety or ninety five million dollars to centers or something this year, which is more than double what the next closest team. I think the next closest team is paying like thirty eight million dollars to centers or something or forty million dollars. <laughs> so kind of amazing. And and I guess if uh, Jay McDaniel's is now six foot eleven, then he's not a center, but like he's as tall as he's. He's taller than Nas Reed, right? Yeah. I mean, just imagine if they did throw like a Kyle Anderson, Jaden, Nas, Carl, Rudy. Just, I don't know, get weird. Like throw that out in in Abu Dhabi or Dubai when you go over there in October. So uh, I've also just heard from people. I mean, he's been working out in LA. He's been working out in Seattle um, that he's really emphasizing his offensive game, which I, I've always wondered too, like how the best defenders even work on their game in the summer because what do you do just play defense that sounds terrible but he's he's working on his ball handling this team doesn't have a ton of guys that can dribble has always been one of my complaints uh as well as maybe other teams so having an having him be able to take you know he's still probably going to be the fifth option on offense still you know i guess maybe him or mike conley for that last spot but just having him be able to increase his pr- production is what we talked about a couple weeks ago right like you sign him to that extension whenever it may come, but you can't be signing him thinking you're going to get 10 and four and good yeah. defense. Like you need to start getting 16 and six with that same defense. So exciting stuff. I'll tell you what, that, that tweet from John is the perfect August off season tweet. Just like, Hey, I heard one of the f- favorite players is growing. It's like, Oh my God, I don't even know if it's true, but I definitely like printed it out and made a t-shirt out of it. Yeah, no, we're just going to go with it. Anything that Johnny K uh, puts out on social yeah. media has to be taken as gospel, I would think. So uh, speaking of uh, taking as gospel, you can take this as gospel, that Power Lodge and Miller Marine are your home for great, fun times on the water. In fact, Power Lodge is celebrating 25 years of bringing action and excitement to Minnesota. 
as your go-to destination for all things marine and power sports this Saturday to help celebrate 25 years in business. Uh, so Saturday at the Power Lodge in Ramsey, Minnesota, from noon to 2, you can join our promo team, uh, which is giving away Score North and Tom Bernard podcast swag. And somebody who registers to win on Saturday at the uh, Power Lodge Ramsey location will win a pair of tickets to the Gophers Cornhuskers home opener football game on August 31st. Lower level seats on the 50-yard line. So uh, check them out this Saturday, the 12th of August at Power Lodge in Ramsey from noon to 2, powerlodge.com. All right. Um, I want to give you the floor here. Ricky Rubio. So Ricky Rubio has announced he's essentially taking a, a, a break from basketball due to mental health, and I have not really followed this story closely. Can you explain um, what's going on with Ricky Rubio to me and the audience? Yeah, so that came out, I think, over the weekend that he kind of announced that he was going to pause his professional career. Um, I don't think he's playing. Some of this I don't know, but I, I don't I don't believe he's playing for Spain and any of this FIBA stuff. I think that would mean in the Cavs uh, released a statement supporting him and that I don't think they're maybe expecting him to come back and play for them, uh, at least to start this season. He had been pretty open about his mental health. I believe he lost his mom uh, a couple of years ago. Um, he has a family, he has a wife and a couple kids, I believe. Uh, but when I saw that come out, it was just like Ricky Rubio, like buzzwords, right? Like Ricky Rubio, mental health and, and, and basketball. Um, it just reminded me of just, I don't know, as, as long as I have this platform or, uh, am allowed to talk, like I've always used this and hanging out with you or hanging out with Dane or talking about this team is like, <laughs> as, as, as funny as it might be, like as a distraction to improve my mental health, even though I cover the Timberwolves is just because everyone's got stuff going on. Um, Wait, so you watch the Timberwolves to improve your mental health. Is that what you just said? Yeah, that, that's, and we're working through that with the, with the therapist, but I mean, really, truly it, it's this community that we've built, not only is like wolves, Twitter or friends of the show that listen to this one or whatever. Uh, it was just another reminder. I mean, I, I got to talk to like Ricky Rubio. I was kind of like back on the Wikipedia stuff. Cause I remember, but Ricky Rubio, as much as we want to give Kevin Garnett his flowers and he deserves it all for keeping this franchise alive, that 2011, like when they drafted Rubio, I know we think about that draft and how they passed on Steph Curry and stuff, but uh, over a decade ago when we didn't really have social media and stuff and just like the reports or translating things, like that was a really fun time to be a fan. And like when Mm -hmm. he came over and landed at the airport and there was a ton of people there, when he debuted in 2011, like some of the most exciting the way he played basketball is how I play basketball. Like I was, it made me relove the game and the art of basketball, not just, you know, the transactions or the box scores. Uh, I was in the arena that night. I was still living back in the Midwest when he tore his ACL, I think on March 9th, mm-hmm. uh, 2012 defending Kobe Bryant. Kobe. Right? Like that, that place was 102% packed with Laker fans. Um, but just the gutting feeling and like, you know, it was him and Derek Williams and you, you believed in something. And that was really the last time I remember believing in something, but that's, that, that's the Timberwolves side of it. Just going back to him and what he's been through in his life and how open he's been and vulnerable. Uh, it just reminded me too, of like, sometimes this, it's not, you can't distract yourself, right? Like we all have stuff going on. I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in the saying that it's okay to not be okay. Um, everyone's going through stuff, uh, you know, there's there's great websites out there like findatherapist.com or psychology today. Um, I think more than ever, again, we're we're all going through stuff. And I think you and I try really hard to keep this about hoops and, and fun stuff, but 
if you're listening to this or you, you know someone that's going through some stuff, just let them know that it is okay to not be okay. It is, there is no stigma anymore in talking to people, being open, being vulnerable. I'm open. I'm vulnerable. I'm going through stuff. Um, just take care of yourself. That stuff is important. We will continue to try to entertain you and distract you with this pod and the content that I do and that Phil does. I mean, score North saves me every morning when I log in and watch those videos, but uh, you know, take care of yourself. And I'm glad that he's stepping away, not feeling the pressure of a contract or, you know, his career kind of coming to an end that he's like, you know what? The best thing for me right now is to not play basketball. And I, uh, I have nothing but respect for that decision and that transparency and that vulnerability. So, yeah, thanks. No, I think, and I, you know, I think anyone who's listened to my radio shows and YouTube and podcast the last few years, I'm pretty open about that stuff too. You know, I've lost both parents before the age of 37. Um, and, you know, those have both kind of taken a toll on me in different ways. But I think, and I, by the way, I've gone to therapy off and Same. on yep. in my life. And I would recommend it to, there's, there's a certain like toxic masculinity thing where, you know, with any sort of trouble you're having as a guy, right? You should just seeking yeah. help or admitting that you might need help or that you're not okay is like a weakness. And, and it's, what's, what's ironic about it is, I think most women would tell you it's actually a strength if you could admit that you're wrong or vulnerable or not okay or whatever, right? So, you know, I think men need to get over some of that stuff. But it's uh, it's kind of amazing when you look at guys like Rubio, for instance. Ricky Rubio has probably made a what? A, we can look it up. Probably $100 million playing professional basketball. Somewhere between like $75 million, whatever it is. The guy, he's got great family. He's got a ton of money. He's respected and loved by multiple different fan bases across yeah. Minneapolis, Utah, Cleveland, Spain, right? Maybe he's never quite lived up to what everyone thought he was going to be when he was 16 or 17 years old, but the guy's got a lot of things going for him. Kevin Love, same way, right? Kevin Love's been super open about mental health issues. And when you see guys like that or you see NFL players or whoever else, you think, man, people that you think, God, I would trade places with them in a heartbeat, right? All that external stuff doesn't mean that they're okay. But yep. I think it's cool that people can talk about it. And I, you know, One of the greatest compliments that, that we get doing shows like this on a regular basis is when people email or come up to you in person or whatever it is and say, hey, you helped me get through a tough period. Or, man, you guys, see, you guys are like friends. I feel like I know you when I was going through this period in my life. You know, you were normalcy for me or like during the pandemic or whatever. And uh, it's really, I guess if we can play that role, even if it's just babbling and complaining about the Timberwolves or being hopelessly optimistic or Purple Daily or whatever show you listen to that, that we're part of, um, you know, we are happy to, to fill that role. And yeah. it's, it's, it's cool that people can talk more openly like Ricky Rubio is about some of the mental health stuff that they're going through. So, he, uh, yeah, you know, he's thir he, he has an October birthday like me. Uh, he's actually born, I think, a year or two. He's right around my wife's age. Uh, but he's 32 and he turned professional at 14. Uh, so it doesn't take a finance uh, person to realize that he's over half his life has just been playing professional basketball. And again, yep. that's like a dream, right? Like I, I'll never be able to do that, but that would have been my dream growing up is to play. But there's just a lot of other stuff. And some people don't like that. Some people just want to distract themselves with the on the court, on the field product. But uh, getting to know some of these guys and Ricky's one of them that not only I cheered for, but got to know uh with one-on-one -on -one talks is that he's a, he's a really good dude. 
He's going through some stuff right now. And uh, I know we send him the best and the same energy and positive vibes goes to anyone listening to this that's going through stuff. Uh, like Phil yeah. said, it's, it's, there's no stigma. It's, it's definitely okay to not be okay. Talk to someone. Um, uh, we're all kind of in this together. So, yeah. Amen, my friend. Amen. So I think with that, we'll, uh, we'll end on the, a positive message for all yeah. of you out there. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be following Anthony Edwards in these international games. I'm honing the final touches of my all-time 100 Timberwolves <laughs> list. And we've got a couple other guests that we're working on here for the coming weeks, too. So, dude, it's already like almost middle of August. You know, training camps open up in September. So it's funny how quick the offseason actually It's not that long of an offseason in the NBA. You know, I know you get I was, to playoffs in June. They end at the end of June. The draft into the free agency. It's like maybe two months of kind of dead period, and then you're right back. I know. I'm uh, I'm flying back to Minneapolis this weekend. I'll be hanging out with you for a night. Uh, there's some kind of wolf stuff that maybe we can talk about next week. But that that booking that flight just kind of reminded me of like, oh my god, like USA is going to start really kicking off real games. I think they're flying to Spain as we speak or whatever, and like we're like a week from fun competitive basketball. And then it's going to be like Labor Day, and then we'll watch like a weekend of football. And then the Wolves will have a media day earlier than a lot of the other teams because they're going to, I think it's Dubai yeah. for their preseason. So we are pretty much two months out, or le- actually like less, like six weeks out from the Timberwolves being a part of your daily lives. Um, apologies in advance. But yeah, we are, we are really close to this team kind of kicking it off again in what should be as fun, if not more fun than what last year was. So yeah. We'll find a new slogan. I think we may have to move off 50 is nifty and find yeah. something else. We'll come up with something else. But we need, a, we need a rallying cry. Maybe it's don't punch each other during timeouts. Maybe that's the new goal for the 2020. More playoff wins than the Twins. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that. Wow, dude. Wow. Oh, oh the Twins. Twins are creating some separation, dude. Twins are, have the biggest lead, the biggest division lead of any team in the American League right now. Don't sleep on the Twins. I, I've uh, 34 years into this. I've been here every, every August. I'm just waiting. You can sleep on the twins if you want to. (laughs) I'll give you guys permission. So, all right. uh, He's Kyle. I'm Phil. Please give Flagrant Howls a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts if you can. And click subscribe and the like button on the Score North YouTube channel. This is your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast.